What's up, church planters and all you fans of church planting? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend Matt Hess. And you guys are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planter. So whether you're a lead church planter or you're on a church planting team or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the ch- trenches, trenches, trench it to t- t- trenches <laughs> and proclaim the kingdom of God. What's up, Matt? What's going on, my friend? Not much. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. That's doing good. well. It's been a busy week. Yeah, yeah, it has been a busy week. Busy times. It's summer, though. Busy times. It almost seems like things really start to to pick up around here once the weather gets warm. Yeah. It's like there's like a new buzz about the the town, and it's 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 kind of ironic though because like in Canada, anyways, you're right. I mean, like it, it feels like all oh, this newness and stuff, but then. Typically, your Sunday morning attendance begins to drop pretty yeah. pretty well in the summertime because everybody's right. gone. Well, I think it's because in the winter, people are like, yeah, I don't have anything better to do. I guess I'll go to church. Yes, <laughs> I'll go to church. <laughs> free heat. It's better than sitting in the snow. Yeah, free heat. <laughs> free go heat. somewhere else. Yeah. No, we're not being totally serious about that, but maybe a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. I'm not sure what it is. I, I've I'm done trying to understand human beings because human beings oh, do man, things no kidding, that I just dude. I just you know, whatever. Yeah, you know, I, I'm 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 the same way, man. You know, like you, you think you start to have something figured out or somebody figured out and then like poof, the care for you. Like, okay. Yep. Yeah, if there's one thing ministry I've has taught me and that I've learned from ministry. It's that people are, they make, they're fascinating in their decision-making process. Yeah, man. People make some very confounding choices in life. Yeah. So, I mean, it's worth an episode, but I, I mean, like, I think that so, so many people make, I mean, Christians, so many Christians even make like that. We just make decisions without covering in prayer or really thinking through it. You know, it just kind of, we do a lot of things in the flesh. That's right. You know, it's interesting because I'm actually in my Bible reading plan working through Proverbs, you know, uh, for part of it. Right Get out of here. Me too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been really good. And so I've actually been thinking a lot about wisdom, the topic of wisdom recently. And yeah. even, um, oh, there was something else I was reading. I don't remember now. Oh, you, right. You, you wisdom no, remember. I was in first Kings and I was in first Kings, uh, reading about Solomon and first Kings, you know, like chapters, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and 12. And then you know, got into like chapter 12 where Solomon's son, Rehoboam, it's called the title of the chapter is Rehoboam's Folly. And he basically yeah. listens to the counsel of the younger men rather than his father's advisors who were yeah. more experienced. And then as a result, the kingdom of Israel splits yeah. uh, into the northern and southern kingdom. And so, yeah, wisdom has definitely been uh, uh, at the top there. Yeah, man, it's 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 insane. We were, um, we had the Sin Network assessment uh, retreat uh, the past couple of days, mm-hmm. and um, here in Toronto, and um, it was a lot of fun, man. It was, you know, those those retreats are always super good. You yep. just get to meet people and stuff. And um, by the way, several people that were there talked. Uh, planning candidates talked about how they listened to the podcast. That was pretty cool. Oh, really? That's yeah, awesome. yeah, That's awesome. Um, but but the the second day, I was going to be talking a little bit with the group about wisdom. And um, it didn't end up working out because we got into a time restraint. But um, but in Proverbs eight thirty two through thirty six, uh, it says, "And so, my children, listen to me. For all who follow my ways are joyful. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Don't ignore it. Joyful are those who listen to me, watching for me daily at my gates, watching for me outside my home. And then this part: for whoever finds me finds life, hmm. and receives favor from the Lord. But those who miss me injure themselves. All who hate me love death." Talking about wisdom, I, I just like 
it's it's so it's so vital for our lives. Mm-hmm. Like especially us as leaders, you know, if you're listening to this and like you're obviously a church planter or you know, um you're you're in a leadership position in ministry is like you can get into a rut where you're operating in the flesh and man, the, the scary part is you're making decisions without the wisdom of God. Yep. And that's really, really scary because mm-hmm. then you start to really impact lives. Yep. So right. we need God's wisdom, man. I've got a, um, if there's one word that I would, you know, that I've always thought of when I think about my dad, it's wisdom. Yeah. Um, he, Bob's, you know, a, Bob's a wise guy. He is. His business is literally called Wise Counsel. Yeah. Maybe that's why I think of wisdom when I think of my dad. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> yeah. he's a financial planner. And um, so, but he, Proverbs is, I, I think, probably always been his favorite book in the yeah. Bible. And he always emphasized wisdom to me growing up. And ironically, I was a really big idiot. <laughs> yeah. Up. I made some foolish decisions. I didn't listen to his yeah, counsel until all. I got older. But I've got up there, I've got a, a notebook that he gave me for my 18th birthday. And he basically what he did, it, it was kind of before like journaling, journaling Bibles were yeah. a thing. Like they didn't really have those. Or, and um, but he printed, he had the whole book of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes printed and, and bound and designed to where there were spaces off to the side to to journal. And he yeah. wrote me a letter in the front, really just it was almost like a letter, like you know, like in the form of Proverbs, you know, like yeah. counsel from a father to his son, like urging me to seek God and to seek yeah. wisdom and. And that's probably one of my most valued possessions today. Yeah, uh, is that is that binder that he put together? It's just yeah. it's just cool. It's one of the things I, you know, probably one of the coolest things my dad ever gave me. Yeah, that's opinion. cool, so, man. Yeah. Proverbs are important, man. It is. I, I love to read through the proverbs. Every time I read through it, I'm thinking, man, this stuff is just so good. Yep, so good. Hey, so I have some. I I did something the last week that. Oh, I kind of, I think I'm regretting. Do you ever make purchases that you're kind of afterwards, you're like, oh man. But what do you call buyer's remorse, buyer's regret? Yeah, I kind of like buyer's regret, buyer's remorse. Yeah. So I was in Texas last week uh, doing some fundraising and... um, That's your story already starts off bad. (laughs) No. Texas. Shout out Texas listeners. We got a lot of Texas partners for the network. We got a lot of Texas listeners. Yeah. We've got some incredible partners down there. Absolutely. That was a really good trip, man. I just, I don't know. I just kind of... Came away from that trip just being so encouraged and just winning my sales because everybody, just so many people are so encouraging Absolutely, to us. Absolutely, man. Just, it's just being reminded how many people are praying for yeah. us is pretty amazing. But um, I went to the outlet mall while I was there. Yeah. And I need some new shorts. And I like, I like, I'm a, I like J. Crew and Banana Republic. Right? Yeah. It's kind of, I'm a J. Crew and Banana. I know you're going to say something. Silver but... Spoon, baby. <laughs> Jared, Jared's born Silver Spoon's mouth. It's the outlet mall, okay? I'm not going Jared to comes like... for money. It's the discounted version. The discounted version. It is. Everything's on sale at the outlet mall. It's always on sale. <laughs> you know where I shop growing up? Uh, Walmart. The Walmart outlet mall. <laughs> the Walmart outlet? <laughs> yeah, man. We went to Walmart. We went. We didn't even get the good stuff at Walmart. We went like to the the third, the next season of brand of Walmart. You know, like the stuff that's out of season. Yeah. So like, it, you know, instead of buying something from like 2019, you get like something from 2016. <laughs> but it was new to me. So there you go. That's yeah. All that matters. That's all that mattered. Well, anyways, tell me about your so uh, I got $300 some, I got some purchase shorts. shorts of and there's like, so the new public. thing is, is like shorter shorts, uh, you know, apparently. <laughs> Where's this going, man? So, well, I bought these shorts and they, they, but they're seven inch inseams. Who wears short shorts? Well, Jared does. Jared now. wears short shorts. I just, but I bought them and I was like, I tried them on when I was standing up and I was like, okay, like these are, I mean, they're a little bit shorter than normal, but they're, you know, they're about right. And, and I, 
and so I bought them and I left and I and I put them on the next day. But man, like when you sit down in those seven inch inseams, those things ride pretty far up your legs. And I've got some pretty white legs. And yeah. Are these the shorts you wear? No, no, these are longer. Okay. But imagine if these were like three inches shorter. Oh wow. And that's what you're yeah. So man. <laughs> so I that's, don't think I don't know if I want to keep wearing them. That's something. It shows off a lot of thigh. Well, maybe, yeah. I don't want to cause somebody to stumble. So <laughs> I wouldn't worry about that, brother. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. You know that saying something shorts are short on us, right? Like, you and me aren't exactly tall men. So, like, golly. Yeah, it's true. I, just, I was wondering, like, how short would these be on like a six foot tall guy? Like, my goodness. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. You're like, I'm, 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 I'm short and these shorts are short on me. Yeah. I'm, and I'm like, but for our listeners, like, I'm like five foot five and yeah. these shorts are like, I mean, they're short. <laughs> so that's pretty short. Oh, for a man. Five, five guy. Anyways. What was like kids' shorts or something? <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. Dude, you know what, man? But you're right. I've seen it. I've seen it walking around and stuff, especially down in the States. A little bit here, too. I've seen it. Like when I go downtown. Mm-hmm. Like I'll see people walking around downtown. They're wearing like yeah. those short shorts and stuff, and they're wearing those uh, like boating shoes. What do they call them? Boat shoes. Boat shoes. Yeah. 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 I like boat shoes, but yeah, I got ooh, I got my I got Vans now. Oh man, you're cool. I know I am cool. Uh, I saw where Saba Saba came over um a couple weeks ago, and he was wearing these DC those skateboarding shoes. Oh yeah. Have you seen those? Say it was pretty cool though. <laughs> Yeah, he's hip, man. He is hip. He's hip. We're in DC skateboards. Saba knows what the kids like. He knows he's... what the kids are into. <laughs> he knows what the kids are into. He knows college into. ministry. He's got to. Yeah. He's yeah. Gotta, you know, you know, uh, he's got to relate to the kids. My my pastor, Chuck Herring, um, you know, we're joking with Saba. He's, he doesn't, he's, he's your dad fashion guy. But, um, <laughs> but you know, like you've seen those dudes are like, pushing 60 and they're like trying to dress like oh yeah 20 year old hipsters tight shirts oh yeah man like faded jeans yeah yeah gel in their hair their gray hair yeah pastor chuck always says man there 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 ain't nothing worse matt than a 60 year old man trying to look like he's 20 (laughs) (laughs) you can picture him say that kidding yep yeah man it's true though it's like yeah. What are we talking about today other than short shorts? We're going to talk about fundraising so that we have enough what? money to pay for all of our short shorts and our styled hair when <laughs> we're 60. You should put that in your next <laughs> newsletter. <laughs> no, we're going to talk about fundraising for planting churches. Yeah. Um, so just you know, mistakes we've made, lessons we've learned, good fundraising techniques. So let's go ahead and jump in, man. Um, so this is something that I think is for a lot of people, this is the most intimidating aspect of church planting. When they think about church planting, I've talked to a lot of guys that just like, this is the one thing that they're terrified of. Yeah. They're not looking forward to, uh, that they, you know, want to avoid. Uh, why do you think that is? P R I D E. Ooh. Pride. Ouch. You know what I mean? Elaborate. Well, because like every guy that I talk to that has a problem with fundraising, eventually like it starts out with like, I'm just not very good at this. You know, I don't know if I could do it and da da da. But it, it, it ultimately gets to, I don't want to ask people for money. Yep. And that's, that's the wrong theology. That's the wrong ideology of what we're doing. You're not asking people for money. You're asking people to partner with what God's doing. Yep. And if you are, if you're thinking that way, if you're asking people for money, if you think like, well, I don't want to ask 
this person for money, you, you, you have a wrong ideology about it. Yep. You, you're looking at it like, um, you know, I, I need, you know, you're, it's people straight up. I've had church planners tell me it's embarrassing and they're like, you know, it's embarrassing. And, I, and I'm like, man, what's, what's to be embarrassed about? I mean, you're trying to, are you trying to plant a church that's going to reach lost people? Yes. Do you want to see more churches planted out of that church? Yes. Do you want to see a movement of God? Yes. Does that cost money? Yes. Well then what are you embarrassed about? Yep. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a pride issue. I'm convinced it comes back down to pride because people do get hit up for money for all kinds of different things, mm -hmm. you know, investments and mm -hmm. new businesses and everything else. And so pyramid schemes and plans and everything else. And so guys don't want to get lumped into that category. Right. And so, yeah, they have a bad theology when it comes to this stuff. Yep. No, I think, I think you're definitely right. Um, you know, I'll go ahead and just like at the outset, let you guys know that if you have not read the book, the God ask by Steve Shadrach, and then you need to pick it up, especially if yeah. fundraising is going to be in your future or it's something that you're working on right now. Cause it's a lot of the foundation of that book is going to be kind of put, putting the, the, the foundation in place for exactly what Matt's talking about, which is like really thinking through theologically, what are the theological foundations behind yeah. fundraising for kingdom work? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it is biblical, believe it or not. It's yep. very biblical. Yep. Um, Another, you know, resource for you to go to is go read the book of Philippians. Mm -hmm. The book of Philippians is basic. I mean, part of it's not, I don't think this is primarily why Paul wrote it, but I think one of the reasons Paul wrote Philippians is it's a thank you letter to a supporting church. Yeah. You know, the church of Philippi was supporting him financially. Right joy. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he starts off in chapter one, verses, you know, three to five. He talks about uh, how he's thankful for their partnership in the gospel from yeah. the first day until now. And then chapter four, you know, he talks about... Um, how, you know, he, he thanks them for the gift that they've sent and he tells them that, you know, right now I'm good. Um, I, you know, my needs are, have all been supplied. He says in verse 18 of 19 of chapter four, he says, I've received full payment and more. I am well supplied having mm. received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according Amen. to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. So Paul... Well, and actually, there's a Ooh, verse I've claimed that, I that verse to, a lot. What's that? I said I've claimed that verse a lot Amen. in church planning. And and you know, there's another. Where does he say it? Um, yeah. Oh, verse 17. Uh, he says, "Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit." Mm -hmm. Like in Paul, Paul's mind and in his theology, he truly believed that the Philippians, like he actually believed Jesus' words when Jesus said yeah. it's more blessed to give than to receive. Yeah. And so he actually saw when he was asking the church in Philippi, the churches of Macedonia to give towards yeah. the church planning efforts, he truly believed that when they gave, they would actually be more blessed than if they didn't. And yeah. so the reason he asked for money wasn't for himself, but because he wanted them to be blessed by their giving. Right. That's a that'll transform the way you look at fundraising. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's absolutely. biblical. That's not Jared or Matt's opinion. That's yeah, the word of God. Yeah, you know, and I say pride too because I, you know, obviously, like you just now showed us. I mean, there's a theological uh, foundation for what we're doing when we talk yep. about fundraising. But you know, uh, people are scared. Guys are scared. You know, gals are scared. The couples are scared. They they they're they're afraid of people thinking they're weird or rejecting them mm -hmm. or whatever. And, um, you know, you, you might want to get used to some of that. Yeah. If you're afraid of rejection, then, um, 
Might I suggest a different line of work? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's a good word. I mean, for yeah. guys to hear. Um, yeah, I think another reason why a lot of people don't, we start out with, with when I, when I sit down with guys, one of the first things I do is I help them like get a list together. Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the reason why I do that is because the majority of people, they don't think that they have any contacts. Yep. And, uh, I remember when, when, when I first started and when it got called Eric and I to plant and, um, I, I fell into the same trap, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, I remember my when I'm outside of our sending church and our a really close first partnership with an association. My first real partnership meeting was with a um, large church in Little Rock, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember I was sitting in a hotel room um, the night before uh, I was going to go in and share our vision. Mm-hmm. And I remember just the spirit led me to get out a pen and the pad of paper that that was on the nightstand, and I just. He, he just led me to start to write down a list of people and um and churches and it was amazing to me it was the first time i realized you know i, I was stationed in um quantico virginia so i served in some churches out there in northern virginia where you you guys are about to head to in dc um you know i my wife is from arkansas mm-hmm. um i pastored in tennessee in oklahoma and mississippi and it just like um, I have family in Kansas and I, it just started to hit me like, wow, God has been writing this story. You know, he's been putting us in some really strategic like Bible Belt type locations yep. so that he can fund this network. Mm-hmm. Um, not exclusively for that reason. He taught us a lot of lessons along the way, but you know what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. And when I wrote all that out, I was like, man, this is amazing. And it, it helped me to see like I have a lot more contacts than I thought I did. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of guys they 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 don't they don't think that they have anybody that they can go to and share the vision with. Has that been pretty similar with you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that that's you know. Um, I remember when I first started too, kind of thinking the same thing. Like, man, you know, I just don't know, you know, how many connections I really have, yeah. and feel like, well, I've already like, I've already tapped the well dry. You know, like there's just you know I don't know who else to go to. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things I think that's helpful is doing that exercise where you almost like you force yourself, I'm going to write down 50 names, right? And I'm not going to, I'm not going to get up until I've written yeah. down 50 names of people that I could ask. I think one of the mistakes that people make is that they will almost like eliminate people uh, from the list because they'll subconsciously think, well, they won't give for this reason or that mm-hmm. reason, or they, you know, they wouldn't want to hear, or I'd have a hard time getting a hold of them or... Yeah. You know, they don't have a lot of money or what, like that's one. if there's one piece of advice I can give you, do not cross somebody off your list before you've asked them. Yeah. Don't eliminate, yeah, let them tell you no. Don't eliminate somebody just for, you know, whatever reason you think that they might not give people surprise you. You know, man, it's interesting though. You know, I know we're talking about fundraising day. We take, we take some of this, uh, same like erroneous thinking into the church as planters. Yeah. Well, you know, they wouldn't be interested in discipleship mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, they, they don't, they don't want to learn how to preach. Oh, they don't, they don't want to work in our kids ministry. They couldn't be a church planner. They couldn't be a church planner. Right. And yep. we, we don't even really have a conversation with them. Yep. It's interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, so what are, what are some mistakes that you've made or maybe that you've seen others make, uh, when it comes to, to fundraising? Besides what we've already talked about. Yeah, I think the intentionality with it, mm-hmm. you, you can't stop. I was talking to a group of planners this week, um, a couple of church planners uh, specifically, and I was telling them, 
you know, they were asking about fundraising. And I think a lot of, I think a lot of church planners are like, um, when do I get to the place where I can stop fundraising? Mm -hmm. And when when I say, yeah, never. When I say, you know, I guess you could put a little caveat in there. I mean, if, if God wants to do something unique in your church and um, make you self-sustain in a unique way, maybe grow you to a really large size or whatever it might be. But, but to me, like we're always going to be fundraising for the network, you know, because while I I don't want to like, mark through what we just now said in terms of like uh contacts but if you're going to be reaching like local guys from the harvest um that don't have relationships with churches or uh people who know jesus then it, it can be a tough road to hoe right so um we want to leverage our relationships to fundraise for other people so i think the intentionality and never never stopping in in with that mentality i have seen guys do this they they put a budget together and they say okay i need to fundraise you know 70k or whatever and so then they fundraise that or they get really close to it and they kind of let off the gas pedal mm-hmm. and then you know 2 years down the road yep. they're in trouble yep. because especially like one 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 and I'll, I'll just just to full disclosure here um because of our relationships my our fundraising is primarily with churches um you know we we have a couple individuals that give to the network but it's like super close family mm-hmm. um but but it's primarily through churches and, and parachurch ministries so um i i don't think that uh you know we so, so we might not be um fall victim to some of the other things like but if you're fundraising with a lot of individuals then you got to be really careful, right? Because people get laid off, or they move, or they lose jobs, and sometimes their funding can can dip and 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 uh, yep. and and kind of fall off. And so, if you're not intentionally, continually fundraising, mm-hmm. man, you can lose. I've heard of guys losing a couple grand, you know, a month, and yep. then it's like, oh boy, yep. you know, we got to do something here. Yep. So that's, right. that, that's something I would say. That's good. Um, I think that. Um, uh, you know, another thing, another mistake that guys can make when they're fundraising, um, their vision is too small. Um, mm, yeah. People want to give to big vision. Um, Absolutely. You know, like I, I, just for example, if I had two prospective planners come to me and one, you know, pitches me a vision that says, well, you know, we want to plant a, you know, a church in, um, you know, Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, in this neighborhood here. And our vision is to, you know, make disciples and to, you know, preach the Bible and to have a healthy church in that neighborhood, I'd be like, all right, that's great. Right. You know, yeah. but the, the other planner comes up to me and says, we, we want to, you know, our vision is to plant a church, uh, in the other side of Minneapolis, uh, and to, uh, plant our first daughter church, uh, within 18 months of planting that church. And ultimately we envision a network uh, yeah. of, you know, 20 churches, over the next 10 years mm-hmm. across the greater, you know, Minneapolis area and yeah. beyond. Like I, I just be honest, like that second one gets me a little bit more fired up yeah. and excited. And yeah, for sure. And you know what? The other thing is I'm more likely to invest long-term than yeah. that second one because I know, like I just intuitively know it's such a big vision. It's a, it's going to be a, a longer, yeah. you know, journey. And yeah. so I'm going to be in it for the long haul. This isn't, yeah. I'm not thinking three years and I'm done. I'm thinking like, I want to, I want to stick this thing out and yeah. I want to be here for the long haul. You know? So like, I think a lot of guys just invi- like limit themselves with small uh, vision. I, I agree. Yeah. I think another thing, I, I think another mistake guys make in fundraising just as just listening to you talk, you know, um, uh, when we talk about vision, you know, I always think stories are mm-hmm. so powerful mm-hmm. 
you know, we're, we see the gospel really moving in, in, in crazy ways right now around the world is like through a lot of storytelling. Yep. <clears throat> and, um, you know, our, our, our theme for the fellowships network is to help write new stories of kingdom expansion. And, um, you know, we, we try to talk about in stories to, to partners and, and to capture those stories and, and we can even do a better job of doing that. But cause we have some incredible ones that we got coming up, but I, I just, I, I think that when you lit, when you connect your, your donors to more people than just you, mm-hmm. especially like if you're in a place like we are, like, you know, Canada, like in the States, or if you, you, you talked about like Minnesota or whatever, and you, you've moved there or whatever, you, you want to connect your donors to the body of Christ, not just you specifically, yep. because when you can share with them, like, wow, look what your, look what your funds are doing. Look, mm-hmm. look at how it's impacting the kingdom of God. They get excited about that. Yep. You know, um, there's only so many resources that's been allotted to every single one of us. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you're almost, it, you're almost kind of competing for dollars constantly with other things for people, yep. you know? That's right. Yeah. Um, another thing, uh, I think that you guys need to think through, it's like, I, I just think a lot of times people don't, um, just don't come out and ask, you know, like I think just having clarity in terms of what you need. Yeah. And I agree. I think like a big mistake that people will make is they'll almost like, for lack of a better way of saying, they'll lowball it because they're afraid if they ask for too much yeah. or something. And so like they'll ask for look. So, you know, like we're just looking for, you know, if just a hundred people would support us for $10 a month, you know, or something like that. <laughs> like I'll hear stuff like that all the time. I'm like, first of all, good luck finding a hundred people. It's you're much more likely yeah. to find 10 people at a hundred dollars a month than you are. Yeah. Like ask people, yeah. like ask them, ask them say, Hey, mm-hmm. you know, would you be willing to contribute $500 a month, a thousand dollars a month? Uh, so this past trip I went on. Yeah. People want to invest in kingdom. Work, sure. Especially kingdom work that's bearing fruit. Like they really do. Like mm-hmm. if you, <laughs> Like I honestly, you know, I'll be completely honest. If Jen and I now, now watch, now I'm going to start getting emails rolling because I was about, about to say this, but if more, if people would just ask me and Jen to support them, yeah, like, we'd probably give away more money. Yeah. Nobody asks us. Ever. Yeah. Nobody ever asks us. Why is yeah. that? Yeah. Probably. I'm sure that some of the excuses are like, well, they're, you know, they're already church planters and they raise yeah. money, so they wouldn't want to give yeah. or, you know, things like, I'm sure there's all kinds of things that go through people's yeah. minds, but nobody asks. Yeah. And so if you don't ask me, like, there's a good chance you're not going to receive. Right. You know, so yeah. like, yeah. so now I'm about to get 20 emails uh, after this Hey, man. <laughs> hey, buddy, you buy Banana Republic short shorts, man. You can afford that. You can afford to, oh, to give man. me my ministry. But, you know, like I went on this trip. And, you know, for those of you who, you know, haven't heard, like we're transitioning uh, out of Toronto and into D.C. and we're going to be starting a new church there. But uh, I asked uh, a couple of the churches to continue to support the work here and support the new work in D.C. And you know what they said? Yes. Yes. Yeah, sure. Wow. Imagine that. Right. Like, yeah. But people want to support kingdom work, Mm -hmm. you know, and we've got incredible partners. And so that's what's happening. Like people are continuing to stay invested in the work here because they see it's bearing fruit. And they want, and they're excited about the vision in DC. And yeah. so, you know, it, like, it, yeah. it, and so much giving's about vision. And, um, I mean, like that's, that's a really good word that people need to hear because, you know, like, um, I, even yesterday, like, uh, I got my, got into my email and, um, got an email from a partner who's been partnering with us, church has been partnering with us for, um, for a long time now, for like four or five years. And, 
they're like, Matt, we saw about your transition to a full-time callus. Like we assume like our giving's going to keep on helping the network. I was like, yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, they, they're, they're not stopping giving just because we're moving on, you know, like they've seen the impact That's of right. the, the vision in the ministry. So right. yeah. yeah, people, we don't ask. That's a good word. Mm-hmm. Got to ask. Yep. Um, the other thing that I would say is this is a mistake that we made early on is we underestimated what we would need um, in our personal budget. Yeah. We were putting together a personal family budget. So you've got to think through things like savings. Yeah. If you want to save money, you need to put that in your budget. Uh, You know, things like, um, you know, like if you've, you know, hopefully you're not carrying debt into planning a church, but if you are, you need to factor that in. Yeah. Uh, You know, childcare costs and healthcare costs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, uh, honestly, just like, um, unforeseen expenses, you know, mm-hmm. like you need to have some sort of savings and budget for like, what happens if your car breaks down, yeah. you know, like uh, you can't just try to raise the bare minimum yeah, or else you're going to end up in a tough spot. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened to us is that we put on some credit card debt after we got on the field yeah, because we didn't, you know, we underestimated what we would need for our budget. Yeah. And so it just, we've learned a lot of lessons from that. And so like yeah. this time around, like we've done things a lot differently and, yeah. you know, we're better positioned, I think for the future. God's been gracious. He provided for us. Sure. But, uh, you know, but it was still, it, we made it tougher on ourselves and it had to be. Yeah, definitely. I mean, bu- budgeting and sitting down and I mean like, um, etching out like a bare minimum, bare bones budget, you know, can be dangerous because you never know what's going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you get stretched and you, 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 you can't live within your, you know, within your means. And it's just, it's hard. That's right. Yeah. There, um, Clint Clifton, um, who, uh, runs, who's now running a podcast that shall not be named because they are great competitors. Yeah. They're dead to me. (laughs) Now Clint's, uh, Clint's running the, uh, started running the church planning podcast. Yeah. Great Uh, podcast. Yeah. It is a great podcast. Um, not as good as ours. Not as good as ours, but they're a close second. Yes. Uh, but he talks about, uh, he wrote a book called Church Planning Thresholds, which, by the way, uh, I think maybe, like, so good. honestly, like the best church planting book, the most practical Very church good. planting book I've ever read. Like, it's yeah. just, there's a lot of good stuff in there, so you should pick that up. But he talks about uh, having, you know, for your budget, making an, uh, a threshold budget and yeah. an ideal budget. So you actually make two budgets. You make, like, your, this is what we need to survive budget, and then you make your ideal budget, like, yeah. hey, here's what ideally... If we, got, we could do everything that God's calling us to, this would be the ideal scenario for, yeah. for us. And so that's also a really good idea. If we could save. Um, right. So everything. the threshold is where you know, like, if we don't get this, we can't be on the field. Yeah. And the ideal is what you're shooting for. But yeah. even if you come up a little bit short, you're still okay. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's a, good. That's another thing to, to look at. Okay. So let's talk about just some practical ways to raise money and some good fundraising principles. Just yeah. kind of give some guys some, some action steps, some things they can do. I think the first thing for me is um, referrals. You know, you have to keep on expanding your um, your database, for lack of better terms. I mean, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of churches out there, yep. um, and and ministries that are kingdom minded. You know, um, there's Bob already tells us we we looked at the theological you know basis for fundraising. But the Bible already tells us that God owns it all, anyways. So he's if he's called you to a work, he's always going to provide for the work. So like I, the, you, you, it's a faith 
uh, issue, right? You have to believe that in order to ask and in order to do that. But you have to keep on expanding your database. Um, you, you know, for every single person that I come into contact with that's interested in the network or whatever it might be, like I immediately ask them for three to five other churches mm -hmm. that they could put us in contact with. Because especially the people who have, now as the network's grown and like as our influence has grown, you're, you have to really work hard at like the, the intimate relationships. Yep. You know, you have to have to try to get to know the pastor or, or not, if not the pastor, the key holder, you know, there's other influencers in the church, whether it be a mission pastor, the, if, if it's a bigger church, they have a church planner, church planning pastor, you know, or a missional engagement pastor, whatever it might be, a discipleship pastor. Those are the guys you want to really get to know and, 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 and become close with. And then once you do ask them, Hey, listen, you see this vision, you see what God's doing here. Who are three to what, what are three to five other churches that you would feel comfortable referring me to yep. that just over a coffee or, or a Skype call mm -hmm. and we can get in touch and, and man, it almost always works. Guys almost always do it for me. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, I think that, um, another thing that's, you know, important besides just, you know, making or having people do referrals is, um, once you get partners, uh, partnership development, um, is an important aspect. So, um, I think you need to like be intentional about recruit or, or communicating on a regular basis with your partners. Yeah. I was talking to a missions pastor last week of a church and he was expressing to me, um, his frustration at not our church, but at some, they support a lot, uh, several different church plans. Yeah. And the fact that like he hasn't like he was mentioned in one uh, church in particular that you know he hasn't heard from the guys in like a year. Wow. And you know and they're still supporting him, but he you know he openly said like we're wondering like maybe if we maybe they don't need us anymore. Right? Yeah. Like church planner, don't let that be you. That is so foolish, and it's mm -hmm. so easy to just send you know do some quick communication once yeah. a month like. To let your partners know, number one, that you're thankful that they're supporting you, yeah. that they're thinking about you, that they're sending you a check, right? Um, you know, it should be a true partnership. Yeah. Where it works both ways. So, like, we do, we've committed since the beginning to do a monthly newsletter where yeah. we send out specific prayer requests to our people. We call it the monthly Huntley. Yeah. And we just, like, it just goes out every month and people yeah. really appreciate it. I'll always get compliments on Absolutely. it and or comments on it about, you know, people will tell me, Hey, we, we read this in your newsletter or we read that, or, yeah. Hey, we appreciate getting the newsletters. It, yeah. it helps us stay informed because that's, you know, that's how people follow us and follow our ministry. Absolutely. Um, and then another thing that, that I, uh, that I had down that I thought would be important to mention is, um, you need to create a prospectus when you're fundraising. Um, mm. you need to have basically a, you know, a business plan yeah. put down, um, and take some time on that. Like, yeah. like make it, make it look good. You know, like, this is a, you know, like a business proposal essentially. Yeah. And so like if, you know, when you're asking people to invest significant resources yeah. into, you know, and then to trust you really yeah. with these resources, like you're asking them to, you know, to entrust their precious resources, you know, the, the, uh, money that's been given to the, you know, to God, yeah. um, that's a serious thing. And so that's definitely like a couple things on perspectives, um, don't, make them too wordy. So yeah. don't like put your entire statement of faith, yeah. you know, on your prospectus. You don't need to, you don't need to do all that. You don't need to write like an entire essay yeah. on your context or, you know, on your strategy or anything, just short word, like pastors are busy. 
Yeah. Pastors are busy people. They're not going to sit down and read a 10 page essay about your church plant. Yeah. I know I, I wouldn't like yeah. if I see something like that, like honestly, I almost like it makes me sigh deeply and I, and I just go, <laughs> well, I'm not going to be able to read this cause I don't have right. time. Yeah. So like do something like bullet points are great. Yeah. Use lots of graphics and imagery. Yeah. Um, you know, lots of pictures, right? Like, you know, have short statements, pop up pictures, pop up books. No, not pop up books, but like statements that pack a punch that, yeah. that concisely and clearly communicate what you're going to do, yeah. how you're going to do it and why there's a need for you to do it where yeah. you're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. I completely agree. I see guys like they put together, these enormous like binders of, of, uh, and, and people just don't read. Even when I was coming up, when I first, when we first started looking at planting almost, you know, 10 years ago, 2010, um, you know, it was really, the norm was really for like prospectuses to be like in a binder, yep. you know, like 25 to 35 pages long. Mm -hmm. And um, I just think that we're getting away from that. Yeah. You know, it has to be more precise. It has to be more, more specific. Yep. That's right. You know, you talked about the communication. We had to find a good balance because um, I felt like, you know, with when we started to transition from just one church to a network of churches, how do we communicate that? You know, and so we had to work through some of that. And so I know for us, like we we communicate quarterly. So we send out a quarterly newsletter, but then we try to keep our social media stuff really fresh. Um, yeah. and, and you gotta, you gotta change, you gotta, you gotta change with the times, you know what I mean? Like as you go. So like, and you got to also, this is the last thing I would say, don't assume that everybody is going to, all you, all of your donors are going to communicate with you in the same format. Yeah. So like a lot of your donors, they're not even going to read your newsletters. Mm -hmm. I'll just tell you right now, they're, they're going to, they're going to follow you on Instagram. They're going to follow you on Twitter, Facebook, whatever it might be. So they're going to keep up with you on that. Mm -hmm. But then if you, you know, your, your older donors, we've discovered that they will open your newsletter and they will read through it. Yep. And then this is just the last thing I was going to say, you know, I, I know this isn't an, isn't an episode on, on, uh, update newsletters, but I just want to say like, don't underestimate prayer, you know, in, in, in your mm -hmm. updates and in, in your fundraising, because if, if you're just always asking for money, but you're not asking your, your partners to, get involved through participation on the field. And if you're not asking your partners to pray for you, you're just asking them to provide, yep. then, you know, it's kind of a slap in the face, mm -hmm. you know, cause at the end of the day, you're just saying like, I, all I really need is your money, you know? And so when we don't update them on a regular basis, that's kind of what we're communicating. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Get out there and fundraise. Get out there and fundraise. Yeah. Get in those fundraising trenches. Get in those fundraising, fundraising trenches. Don't jump in the trenches. Hey, do you remember uh, the, uh, Ducktails, uh, Uncle Scrooge would Absolutely. jump into the the, the gold and the swim, gold, swim around. You know, it's interesting actually. Is that wish had Uncle Scrooge? Like fifty one minutes, I've got a uh, a video call for mm -hmm. a potential uh, partner doing some nice casting stuff. Mark so. Cuban? No, not Mark Cuban. But funny enough, this guy is in the Dallas area. Wow! If one, if we, if it's you like get you're a prophet or something, yeah. If you get some of these guys, think about some of those sharks. I saw Erica. What if what if God saved Mark Cuban? That'd be awesome. Man, Bill Gates. That would be awesome. How much money those guys can give to the kingdom? Yep. Awesome. That would be cool. All right, buddy. All right. Well, hey, guys. I want to thank you, our listeners, for listening to another episode of In the Trenches. As always, you can head over to our website, www.getinthetrenches.com. You can find other episodes there. Uh, and make sure you help us out 
by leaving a uh, a five star rating and a five stars only and a written review on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher. Really, if you haven't done that, it would really really help us out. If mm-hmm. you would just jump on there, it takes just a couple of minutes to go and leave a rating and leave a written review. And it helps increase the exposure so that when people search for church planning podcasts, they don't find the bad church planning podcast. They find the good ones like in the trenches because the last thing that we need is more bad church planning podcasts getting into the hands of our church planners. Right. So if you could, if if this podcast is beneficial for you, if it's been a blessing to you, if it encourages you uh, and helps you, then please uh, help us out by just spreading the word. Um, And we are going to be back next Monday with another episode of In the Trenches. So until then, go out there and get in those trenches, church planners.